Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's what's cooking on an all new sports stove podcast. We're talking all things new, new leagues. New lawsuits, new arrests, new trophies, and so much more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new Sports Stove Podcast. I'm joined, as I am usually, by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, welcome back to the show. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me again, and um, I'm glad to be here. Like I said, I'm excited about all these new things. we got a lot to talk about here tonight. Yeah, and I can't forget to mention new sponsors. In the Clutch uh, is one of our new sponsors. They have licensed, officially licensed apparel for Major League Baseball and some NBA stuff. They're growing in what they have. Uh, great T-shirts, some retro stuff in there, too. So visit InTheClutch.com. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE. You get 10% off your purchase. Again, that's InTheClutch.com. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE for 10% off your first purchase. We're excited to be partnered with In the Clutch, And, again, uh, a lot of great stuff on their website, T-shirts, um, retro stuff, Dad. They've got some old. I'm, I've been meaning to show you this. They got some old Packer logo stuff. Um, yeah. The guy with the football and all that yeah. kind of stuff running. Uh, they've got uh, a lot of baseball stuff, and they, like I said, they're growing their uh, NBA things as well. So officially licensed apparel in the Clutch.com code Sports Stove, ten percent off your purchase. So I'm going to talk about another new sponsor a little bit later in the program, as long as I remember to say it. But uh, like I said in the intro, we're covering a lot of new things in this episode. It's funny, Dad, we're, we're getting through different parts of the leagues now where you get the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs as well. Major League Baseball is in full force. Uh, the NFL is kind of in that weird dead time. Not a whole lot going on with them. And uh, so it's been intriguing to kind of watch and see what kind of news breaks. And and one thing we know about the NFL is when there's downtime, there's probably going to be some jail time. And so uh, there is nothing new uh, in the, the wide world of sports than professional athletes not knowing how to handle downtime. Jerry Judy arrested on domestic violence charges, uh, held without bond currently. Don't know any other details as of right now. Um, but I want to start with the general topic of professional athletes getting in trouble in the off season. Cause dad, I know it's something we've, I think we've talked about, if we haven't talked about it on the show, I know we've talked about it in, in person before, but the, just the amount of trouble that adults get into when they have downtime and specifically professional athletes, um, it, uh, there's always several arrests in the off season for different things. A lot of times it's involving alcohol. Uh, but in this case, all we know is domestic domestic violence, which we are 100% against. Uh, but, Dad, your thoughts on professional athletes always – we know it's going to happen every offseason. Someone's going to get in trouble. Yes, it, it is. And a lot of us probably, you know, you, again, not always younger ones, but in this case it was. And, um, these you know, these, these kids have a lot of money and they have a lot of time. You, you would think – I, I know some teams, probably all the teams, are trying to do the best they can at reminding players. Anytime they're off for an amount of time, you know, um, remind them about their responsibilities. But you would think people making uh, the money they're making have the situation in life that appears to be good. You know, they would know that, boy, I, I can't do this. This is going to, you know, hurt this and throw this away. It's happened enough times. 
Um, but yeah, it's always amazing. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, whenever there's time off, anytime an NFL team gets to the bye week, <laughs> everybody's nervous. You know, you don't know um, what's going to happen there, whether it's going to be. And you know, you're right. A lot of assignments, alcohol, driving under the influence, things like that. We've seen tragic things happen. You know, even with coaches and adults and stuff with that, you would think people would learn, but, um, you know, um, they don't. So, Yeah, you would think you wouldn't have to remind players, hey, don't beat your significant other in the offseason. Um, that's something <laughs> they should have learned at a young age. But, Dad, something that I saw on social media is now this is the second former Alabama wide receiver in significant trouble uh, within the year, you talk about uh, earlier in the year, the the drunk driving, um, killing someone incident in Vegas and uh, and with uh, rugs. And now you've got Jerry Judy as well. I saw someone with the hashtag. They said parole tide. Uh, so there you go. That's a new a new one for you. Parole tide uh, instead of roll tide. So there you are. Um, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with the University of Alabama, obviously, but it's disappointing at the very least to see that we continue. I mean, you would think people would be smart enough to learn from other people's mistakes. Yet here we sit again, speaking of mistakes uh, last year, Jacksonville hired urban Meyer as their head coach. That did not turn out so much so that now kicker uh, Josh Lambeau is suing the Jaguars for a hostile work environment during the time that urban Meyer was there. And we, we heard things about, Urban Meyer's uh, treatment of players and specifically kickers. Um, and now here's a kicker that says, you know what, that time last year, I can't get that back. And uh, I don't know if it's uh, claiming, I've not see, I've not read this, but claiming mental health situations or different things like that. But either way, Lambo says, I'm going to get something for my time last year with Urban Meyer. Uh, is this surprising to you that uh, now we've had a coach that is suing the league now we have a player suing his team because of the former coach's uh, work environment. Well, I mean, you know, at, at this day and time, you know, everybody that thinks they can get something, you know, is going to sue people. It's very um, easy to do. There's always people that want to do it and um, plenty of lawyers, I think, that want to help with that. And um, so, yeah, I don't know, but anything is really surprising Um um, from there, I mean, I think Jacksonville, again, you know, has gotten rid of him. I don't know that Jacksonville has a, has a lot of liability. Urban Meyer may, but I don't know that Jacksonville does. But whenever there's lawsuits, the lawsuits go where um, <clears throat> the most resources are that they can get. Um, and it's always been that way. Yeah, Lambo saying that um, when he reported the situation, nothing was done. So it took a while. Uh, for things to come around uh, and for them to finally fire him. It says it impacts his ability to sleep, practice, and perform his duties at a high level that he had with the Jaguars under the previous coaches. It also alleges that Lambeau suffered extreme emotional and mental distress. and Lambeau is seeking any back pay owed damages and other legal fees. Um, he did receive, though, his full $3.5 million salary from the Jaguars because he was a veteran. Um, so I'm not sure what, what he's owed back, <laughs> but needless to say, Josh Lambeau, and I'm reading this from ESPN, uh, Michael DeRocco, uh, wrote the article. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's that thing that the Jaguars are going to have a hard time getting away from until they start winning, right? Until they start winning, you're going to hear about Urban Meyer and the Jaguars, but if they can start winning quickly, all the attention will be turned to, uh, Doug Peterson and the winning Jaguars, uh, as long as they don't give them something else to talk about along the way. Uh, let's see here. Other NFL news. The Patriots, they give up on Jared Stidham. They trade him to his old offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, in Las Vegas. Uh, they get Stidham and a seventh-round pick in exchange for a sixth-round pick going back. Uh, Stidham, at one time, Dad, people thought he was going to be the heir apparent to, to Tom Brady. Uh, but he couldn't even beat out Brian Hoyer for the second string job. Now he goes to Vegas to compete for the backup job out there. How long uh, until you give up on a guy, uh, especially a quarterback that I don't remember, was he drafted third round? I feel like he was drafted in the upper half of the draft at the very least. Um, 
But how long do you give a quarterback before you say he's not worth worth having on the roster anymore? Well, I, you know, it depends on your quarterback situation. I think you know New England since they you know hit a home run. It looks like with Mac Jones that really changed you know their situation. No one's going to be buying for the starting job right away. They do need a good backup because you can always have injuries. Um, I think you know again every, every team. Excuse me, and every coach would be a little different, and we know that the coach of the Patriots is definitely different there. But um, you know, I, I mean, I think when they when they invest in someone and draft someone, they want to give them every chance they can. Um, but when it comes to backup quarterbacks, you know, I think there can be choices there. And if you're not looking at somebody that's going to be the heir apparent when you have a young quarterback like the Patriots do then, um, you know, it can be financial reasons. It can be whatever you make a move. Yeah, of course, they still got Hoyer on the roster. They drafted the kid from Western Kentucky this year as well. Um, so that made Stidham very available. Um, and the Raiders really didn't have to give up anything to get him. And McDaniels knows him. He knows McDaniels' system. So maybe it works out. Maybe McDaniels had more faith in him than Bill Belichick did. And, uh, you know, but I, at this point, he's still back up. Derek Carr's the quarterback in Vegas. I uh, signed him to a big contract, so he's not going to press for the starting job there. But again, McDaniel's knows him well, so it makes sense if you like him to go get him. But guy, I think a guy's Nathan Peterman was in the news uh, this past week signing with the Bears. How is he still in the league? I mean, there there are guys that are just there's no way they're ever going to be a starter, and you need backups. You got guys like Tim Boyle, um, uh, and even the Packers have a third string quarterback now that's not going to ever be a starter in the NFL. So. There are guys around. It kind of brings up, Dad. We don't we don't talk about Colin Kaepernick that often. Uh, but if you got guys like Tim Boyle, uh, you got guys like Jared Stidham in the league as a backup. Now, again, we're not we don't know what the demands are for Kaepernick or anything like that. But I mean, other than the the backlash that you're going to get for signing Kaepernick, it makes sense that he would be on a roster as a backup if he's willing to be a backup, doesn't it? Um, well, I, I don't think it makes any sense to have him on your roster because of the backlash. With him, there's too much backlash. And if you are if you don't think he can eventually be a starter and you need that, you can get a backup quarterback and a lot less hassles that go with it um, than Colin Kaepernick. Uh, again, if he had the ability to be anywhere near he used to be, he would be on a team now. Someone would take a chance. Um, and the fact that he hasn't, um, again, I, there, there's so much baggage, you would have to be sure that he could help your team. And would Colin Kaepernick, you know, would he be happy with being a backup? Would he, you know, play well with everybody there? I, I don't know from that standpoint. So um, I'm not surprised he's not on a team. Yeah, the good points. I think that one of the things about being a backup, a true backup quarterback, is you're there to help and assist the starting quarterback. You're there to make his job easier and better um, and to do what he needs you to do. I'm not convinced that Kaepernick could be that. I think he could be a talent on the roster uh, that could maybe give you stuff in practice that could be helpful and things like that. But I don't, I don't know that he has the mindset or the – the desire to be a help to the starting quarterback versus being a competitor to the starting quarterback. And you need that too. You need someone to push. Uh, but, uh, you know, we all know everyone's favorite player on the team is the second string quarterback. Everybody's ready to see the next guy. And if you put Kaepernick on the, on the roster, if your starting quarterback has any struggles, there's at least going to be a certain segment of the fan base who is going to be calling loudly for Colin Kaepernick. I think you're right. I think because of his baggage, it doesn't make any sense. You said it perfectly. Unless he could be a starter on your team, it doesn't make any sense for him to be on your team. And what's his talent level like? We have no idea. He can throw to a wide-open college receiver at a college practice. He can be a great publicity stunt. Uh, can he be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Uh, who knows? Um, let's see here, Dad. The other news kind of came off the field uh, big news this week is Fox announced that they have signed Tom Brady to a massive contract for when he retires. We don't know when that's going to be, uh, but he will be the color analyst to go along Kevin Burkhart on the Fox booth 
which we assume it's Greg Olson is going to be that guy this year as he was with Burkhart uh, last year in the booth, and they do a great job together. Uh, but Brady, a- after Fox says goodbye to Aikman and Buck, they got a backup plan, and it's a pretty big one with Tom Brady. I want to start with uh, this this thing. I heard this today on a show. A caller um, actually made this point, and he said a lot of people don't like Tom Brady. Um, their their fan bases they don't like him. He's a cheater, um, and and for different reasons, personality reasons, whatever it may be, people don't like Tom Brady. So, is there a chance that this idea that Tom Brady is a huge draw? Uh, could fall flat before he even has a chance to speak in a game broadcast just because people don't like him? Or do you think at the end of the day uh, people can get over their dislike of the player Tom Brady um, and and respect at the very least his knowledge and what he brings to the broadcast? Um, I, I think he can overcome it. It'll depend on what kind of announcer he is and how he approaches it. Um, <clears throat> he's a very smart guy. And um, he's, he does have personality. A lot of people do not like him. But um, I remember when John Madden started, I did not like the Raiders, and I did not like John Madden as a coach of the Raiders at all. And it did not take long before, man, you love to hear John Madden call football games. So I think Brady, um, there will always be some people, definitely there will be a lot early on that will say, I'm not interested in watching that <clears throat> because, you know, I, I don't like Tom Brady. Um, but I, I think he can um, overcome that again if he's a good announcer, and I think he will. Um, I, I think he'll develop some kind of niche. I thought about it today, and I've heard a lot of talk, you know, in the last couple of days. Um, <clears throat> he will have some kind of niche um, that he is going to use and he is going to have, and um, it, it, it'll be interesting. Obviously. Um, I heard some people say it doesn't matter if he's a good announcer or not. It doesn't make any difference. Fox is hiring him for his name, and they're going to use him in all kinds of ways to promote Fox. Um, I, I don't know about that. Um, Brady is a very competitive guy. I don't believe Brady would want to be an announcer and be known as, well, you know, he, he's not a very good announcer, but yet you know, he can do this and he can do that. I think he thinks he can succeed or he wouldn't have got into this. He's going to get a lot of money, but I don't believe it's because he needs the money that he got into this. I think this is something he'd been thinking about. Everyone says, you know, Tom Brady's always very calculated, and um, I, I think he is. So, I, I, you know, it's interesting with Fox. It's interesting the way everybody is positioning um, themselves. I was trying to think, and I didn't look it up, how long this next TV contract that we're under right now, how long that is for. But I don't think there's any doubt that when the next TV contract comes up, the whole landscape is going to change. One, it's going to be different as far as, you know, digital media and stuff like that is concerned. Um, And I think it's going to be, you know, just the way people are lining up certain people. I would think the next TV contract, ESPN, will no longer do just Monday night football. Whether they'll compete for one of the packages, whether they will do the um, overseas games, that makes a lot of sense because they've got the crews already over there covering soccer. Um, you know, do they try to get one or two games every Sunday? I think with the people they have, um, you know, um, everyone's looking. And again, I I haven't heard for sure, but do you know, are they going to do the thing with um, Peyton and Eli again this year? The way I understand it, yes. Now, I've not, not seen that confirmed necessarily for sure, but the way I understand it is there will still be, at least for some games, the Manning cast again, which would be opposite of uh, Buck and Aikman. Right, and ESPN's already doing that. Was it with baseball? Golf. Um, or basketball? With doing another Manning cast kind of thing? Well, they're having players a lot like the Manning cast talking about the game and stuff. They I know they're doing it. Seems like they've expanded that a little bit, not to the extent of the Mannings, um, but they've kind of brought that in. I saw that somewhere this week. I think I, I saw on TV where there was, you know, a couple players um, <clears throat> critiquing the game, um, not necessarily at another time like the Mannings, but um, I think ESPN has found success with that. 
Yeah, well, I know they're doing it this weekend with the golf event. Joe Buck mm-hmm. is going to do a Manning cast type thing uh, during the PGA event this weekend. Uh, so they're going to try it with other things and with other people, definitely try to. And I assume that other other companies are going to try to do similar things as well um, to kind of replicate what it was, because it is a different kind of experience. It's not the same thing. And I, I was a little surprised to hear that it sounded like they were going to go forward with the Manning cast, even with Buck and Aikman on the other call. Um, but uh, I really liked the Manning cast. I've seen mixed mixed reviews on it. I like hearing the conversation while watching the game. I don't need the game explained to me. Um, so I enjoyed the conversations the Mannings had while I watched the football game. Um, I enjoyed that kind of aspect of it. Hearing Peyton, and I like Peyton and Eli, so that helps too, I guess. But uh, I enjoyed kind of what, what they did and went forward with. And, and you're right, as the new TV deals come, and they just signed up new TV deals here recently, um, and they've already expanded though, right? So you've got... Um, Amazon, and you've got uh, uh, ESPN, I guess, CBS, and Fox. Apple TV, Shirley's going to get involved here very soon as they've gotten very active with baseball this year as well. So it's going to happen. Um, you know, let's talk about these teams real quick because every every network has an elite team at the moment. Um, you've got ESPN went out and got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Uh, NBC has Tariko and Chris Collins. Um, Prime, Amazon, they've got uh, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, so that's a pretty good crew. CBS still has Nance and Romo. And now Fox, they're going to have um, Burkhart and and Olsen here this year. And, and, again, they do a really good job together. And then eventually, though, Brady will come in and kick Olsen out the door. Um, do you tune into a game because of the broadcasters? Um, no, I, I watch a game based on the teams that are playing. Um, now, if the announcers are not really good right. or annoying, then I can <clears throat> I can turn that off. I've had some over the years. Um, <clears throat> I just didn't like listening to that well. I never liked Tom Brookshire. I never liked some of them like that. But um, I don't know that you tune in just to hear the announcers. The closest thing they've come to that would be the Manning cast to come in and, and hear, you know, Peyton and Eli. But I think... Um, everyone, it's gotten very competitive now that the NFL has changed that it's not one network has the AFC and one network has the NFC, where it used to be, boy, if you're going to watch an NFC game, then you're always going to see, you know, these main announcers. That has really changed things, and I think that's going to continue to open it up. And as they have more flex games, um, they've talked about, are they going to flex Monday nights this year? I have not seen for sure on that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they have. I think they will. Yeah, the, 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 if they can overcome that problem, which you know there obviously is, and that's obviously a TV thing because for fans, you know, boy, you plan on a Monday night game and you know got your tickets and travel and everything, and all of a sudden, no, that one's going to be on Sunday at noon and whatever. I mean, local fans, sure, that's going to be fine. But um, <clears throat> again, you know, TV is what's driving this. No doubt about it. There's still a lot of money to be made on, I think, at the ball game on Sunday, obviously with concessions, with um, jerseys, with everything like that. Um, but I know I've got a friend that's, that you know always points out to me, hey, uh, <clears throat> this team can make all the money they want if no one comes to the game because <clears throat> the TV money, the owner's, the owner's already set. So it's interesting. Yeah, and I think with the Monday night and even the Sunday night flex, I think it has to happen so so far in advance, at least two weeks in advance, and uh, and so it's got to make things you know happen quickly. Sorry for the extra noise um, there; the dogs are going nuts. But um, that being said, now that every station has elite duos, I wonder. You know, if you're talking about. I, I would assume the CBS game of the week and the Fox game of the week won't be airing at the same time. So you'll have Nance and Romo on the early the early game. You know, the Fox guys on the late game, or the other way around, whatever it may be. Um, but that'd be interesting to me because if I have a game, it's not Green Bay. Two games going, and I have to choose between Nance and Romo, Burkhardt and Olson, for instance. This year, I like Burkhardt and Olson. I, I don't mind Romo and Nance. Um, I like Tarico and Collinsworth. 
Uh, I don't mind Buck and Aikman. You know, I don't I don't have an issue with really any of these guys. Um, but you know, you said it. Uh, there are announcers that can make you turn it off. I know for me, if I turn on basketball and Bill Walton's talking, I turn it off. Um, I used to be that way with Doris Burke, but I've actually grown to like her a little bit, a little bit more. But hi, I'm Maria, and I'm Mike, and we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared and making your home as energy efficient as possible everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather be ready for anything go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready uh you know it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out with the with the broadcast and what that means for uh you like you said the next contracts that come up uh for the stations to pick up things. I wonder if ABC gets back in the game a little bit, Dad, because they're owned by ESPN. So now that they have Buck and Aikman, maybe we see ABC get back into Monday Night Football or Sunday uh, football as well. We're going to see expansion. I mean, you got Thursday Night Football. You've got you – know, I think we're going to start seeing more Saturday games uh, in the days to come, maybe additional Monday Night games. Uh, so you got a Monday Night game on ESPN and a Monday Night game on Amazon or something like that. At some point in time as well, a lot of things can happen uh, when it comes to those things. Do you think that uh, this thing with Brady will affect how long he's going to play football? Do you think this will have any effect on that? No, I think he's already decided. I think he's playing one more year. Um, I mean, he already retired once, so you know he's already got one foot out the door. So I think I think it's another year. I almost wonder, Dad. Uh, <laughs> I almost wonder if he's coming back to win a a Super Bowl with a third head coach. Uh, he's won with Belichick. He won with Arians. And I almost wonder if part of him says, hey, if I come back and win with a third head coach, um, what does that prove about my – and I don't think he, he doesn't need to prove anything. Um, I don't know why he came back. I don't – I mean, the, the, the NFC South is not strong at all this year, so it's an easy division. But he still has to go through a pretty tough, I think, at the end of the day in the, in the, in the playoffs and things like that. I don't think it's easy – in the NFC, it's harder in the AFC, no doubt. I don't think the Bucks go to a Super Bowl this year. I don't think Brady has as much success as he's had in the past. And I think the fact that he chose to retire once proves that he's on the downward decline. So um, I think it's a mistake that he's coming back this year. Uh, now, will he still have an okay season? Sure. Will he still win the division? He should. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. But I just don't – I think that he's already decided I'm going to come back for one more year for whatever reason, whatever that reason is, come back for one more year and then I'll go to the booth. I, I would be shocked if he's if he told Fox, hey, I don't know when I'm going to retire. I'd be shocked if he told Fox that, hey, I'm still going to play for three more years because it wouldn't have made sense for Fox to do this at that point other than TV contracts, of course. Um, and a sponsorship that helps the sponsorships, no doubt as well. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Any other NFL topics you want to discuss before we move on? No, I think that's pretty much it. Like I said, you know, for being a dead time, there's still always a lot going on, and um, um, you know, we're, we're we're heading, you know, not too far off from training camp and everything. So, and I, I still think there's movement to be done with some of these quarterbacks, and there's still free agents out there. Um, it's going to be a little bit, um, you know, going on, but um, we'll see. We will see. Let's continue talking about football. Um, there's some news that the ACC is discussing schedule changes to where they'll play three permanent opponents every year, and then the other ten teams, they'll split five and five, uh, play five one year, and then the other five the next year. The idea is is it allows you to play the other teams in the conference more often uh, than that. Is that a schedule plan that you like? Do you think that's a positive thing, a good thing, uh, or do you think it matters at all? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Um, when I read it, I, I thought that was a good idea. I, I think it's good. I think it helps. It definitely will help 
of the conference. You know, I heard him say right now a player can be on a team and maybe not play one of the other teams uh, in the conference during his career, you know, college career. But I, I don't know if it's as big a deal for players as it is fans. Yeah. I think when you've got colleges, um, you know, if you're in the ACC, um, you know, you, you want to you wanna play Clemson. Um, you want to play Florida State. You know, you want Miami to come and be involved. So I, I think, you know, from there, um, I, I, to me, it makes a lot of sense. It strengthens the conference. It strengthens the fan base. Um, it helps everybody probably a little bit, you know, with recruiting and that. And to me, it sounded like it made a lot of sense, and it strengthens the conference. I don't think it'll be too hard to decide who the permanent opponents are. I know in some conferences that would be a, a real question because, you know, everybody's arrival with certain teams. But, um, but I, I think it makes a lot of sense, and it helps the ACC or should. Yeah, I mean, think about the SEC. They're growing with Texas and Oklahoma in a couple of years they're going to have to change up something as well. So this this kind of um, kind of getting rid of divisions, uh, I think it makes sense. I actually liked it a lot when I read it. I wasn't exactly sure what it meant at first. I started reading through, and I was like, "Oh, that's actually a really good idea." And you know, you can keep your your rivals to, together for the most part. But if you don't, they're going to play every other year still. So it's not like the end of the world, I suppose, depending on what that is. I mean, you're still going to want Florida State and Miami to play every year. But, um, you know, do you need Clemson and Florida State to play every year? I don't think so. So I think you can uh, do some different things with that. And for teams that don't want to play Clemson, they at least get a year break unless they're in that group of three um, uh, that goes on and has to play them every year as well. Uh, So NCAA football coming along and uh, more to come with that as, as the year moves on as well. NCAA basketball dad, Tennessee, they signed the final five-star commit of the year for, to play for next season. Um, I'm just intrigued by Tennessee. They've gotten six five-star recruits in the last four years. I want to start with the Tennessee side of this and, uh, and, and you know, why, how? Um, they're, they're still not, you know, had as much – they've had – they've been much better – not as much success as you want to have with getting the recruits that they've been getting. Well, I, I think with Tennessee, and again, you know, I'd be a little prejudiced because I'm a little bit of a Tennessee fan, but um, I think I, they, they have a great fan base. They have tradition even in basketball. And I think Barnes is just a really good coach. So I think when you look about somebody there, and I think they have sent some players to the NBA probably not as much as some schools, um, but I think they're heading more in that direction. And from what I understand, this recruit very easily could be a one-and-done type of guy um, from there. So, again, Tennessee, I I think, you know, when when you visit Tennessee, again, I think, um, you know, it's very rabid fan base. Um, You know, even for basketball, they've gotten to where, you know, they fill that place back up again all the time. Um, the conference has gotten better, so the competition, I think, is better there. And, um, again, I think a lot of it is just Barnes. It was a great hire, and, um, you know, he, he's done well, and it looks like it's going in the right direction. You said a great fan base. <laughs> I was born after the heyday of Tennessee basketball. I was probably 10 years old before I realized Tennessee even had a men's team. Uh, all they heard about was the girls' Tennessee basketball uh, and Tennessee football. I heard about girls' basketball and football growing up in Tennessee, not Tennessee basketball. But um, nonetheless, now that they're doing well, I think the fan base is really good. Uh, I think there was probably some years there where it wasn't wasn't super loyal. Um, so some interesting things about this player, though. Julian Phillips is his name. He comes in. He was previously uh, committed to LSU. Uh, he came down to his final three choices, Tennessee, Auburn, or going to the G League this year. Uh, two red flags for me on Julian Phillips' dad. Number one, uh, he played his uh, uh, summer circuit with an Adidas uh, team on the summer circuit. Adidas has been well-documented for several rules violations with LSU um, and other, or excuse me, with uh, Louisville 
and other colleges as well. Adidas has been under fire for rules violations. Then he was previously committed to the one and only Will Wade at LSU. And you know my feelings about Will Wade. I think he is a sleazeball. And uh, so Julian Phillips is uh, now coming to Tennessee. And my thoughts are um, red flags on this kid. Anybody who wanted to go play for Will Wade, there's got to be something fishy going on. So uh, we'll see how Julian – I'm sure he's a great basketball player. Um, We'll see if he stays out of trouble in his short time in Knoxville uh, there for the Vols. Uh, so there you go. My thoughts on on that get uh, there for Tennessee. Uh, let's talk about golf. Uh, the golf has made the news because of a new league called the Live Golf uh, League, uh, L-I-V. Greg Norman is an uh, important piece of this, this new league. And there's been controversy because Phil Mickelson, who was originally going to play in the league, uh, made comments about Saudi Arabia, true comments, by the way, about Saudi Arabia and said, I'm not going to play for a league that is Saudi backed. And, uh, but there still seem to be some big names, nothing official necessarily, but uh, definitely big names tied to it. It's an opportunity for golfers to kind of explore the market a little bit. Now you've got a little bit of free agency going on with golfers. They kind of pick, maybe make more money, different places, play different courses, different things like that as well. Um, So let me, I got two questions for you, dad. The first one is this. Um, competition for the PGA, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, probably will be a good thing. The PGA, you know, has kind of never had competition, I don't think, and a very, um, you know, they have a lot of tradition with certain things with the Masters, obviously, and stuff like that. Um, it, it'll be interesting. They, they haven't had that. Um, you know, there's always talk about that in all professional sports, and I kind of wonder if this is going to open the door if this league is successful um, for other sports to say, hey, we can we can have another league here if we need to. Um, but, um, you know, how successful it'll be, uh, I don't know. I'm sure what they'll have a television network, you know, behind it. Um, be able to, you know, televise the games and or the matches, and it'll just depend on who all they have, um, you know, um, in, in it from there and and where they play. Because uh, with golf, you know, there's a lot of interesting. I don't watch a lot of golf, but when you do, you like to watch sometimes certain courses. There are certain things that are just you know make it more interesting um, from there. And sometimes, you know, I know that they don't call it the British open anymore. That was always kind of interesting to watch because those courses were different, um, yeah. over there. It was a little different watching them play over in Ireland or England. Um, you're old enough to remember competition for the NFL and competition for the NBA. Um, ultimately didn't work. <laughs> I mean, long term, <laughs> they got shut down. They were around for a little bit since then. <coughs> Excuse me. There have been really no competition for the NFL. They've had leagues come and go, but ultimately the idea of a spring league makes more sense than an actual competitive against the NFL league. Um, uh, the NBA has nothing going after it. Uh, NHL has nothing going after it. The uh, the closest thing I can think of is is mixed martial arts. You've got the UFC. Do you even know? I'm just curious because you don't watch a whole lot of UFC. Do you even know who? The UFC's competition is. Um, I should be able to come up with them, but no, I, I, I don't, I don't know right off. I know there's MMA matches that aren't necessarily UFC, but yeah. um, I, I don't know the name. So Bellator is is one of the bigger ones. Um, you've got one as well that's more of a Asian uh, Asian league, but it's competitive with the UFC too. So you've got a couple leagues. And they do okay. They survive. They're making money. The fighters are making money, stuff like that. But ultimately, everybody goes, the UFC is the it the it league. That's where you want to be. Um, so I, I have a hard time. But I don't know. Golf is maybe different. Maybe golf works. Um, maybe it doesn't matter if there's multiple stuff going on. You compete television-wise. But if the golfer's making money, what does he care? If, if he's making the same or more money in the live uh, tournament, than, than he would in the PGA tournament, then he's probably pretty happy, I would guess. And maybe ultimately they go back. Right now you're seeing guys who've been in the PGA for a while. Their names are connected with that. So maybe they're just going to 
give it a try. Maybe Greg Norman is what it is that carries them over there where they say, hey, I like Greg, so I'm going to go go with Greg. Ultimately, though, Dad, I just see it as a, as a failure. I think I think it's going to have a hard time surviving, at least as to, to ever make it to what the PGA is. I think it is highly unlikely for that to happen because of what we've seen from other other leagues in other sports uh, as well. My other question, though, was, um, you know, Phil Mickelson made the comments about Saudi Arabia being involved in the just the immorality and the uh, all kinds of stuff that goes on within the Saudi government. Um, when you're gonna, if you're gonna turn on the TV and there's golf on, and you have to choose between the PGA and the Live, and you know players on both state channels. Will Saudi Arabia's involvement have any effect of whether or not you watch the Live Golf Tournament? Um, probably not. It probably should, maybe, but um, probably won't. <laughs> if it's on a regular network and everything, <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I. You know, it's funny. We get it. We have a cancel culture and things like that, and people are always boycotting something. At the end of the day, if you're going to be non-hypocritical and boycott stuff, you're going to have to boycott everything because there's something wrong with everybody. So, um, yeah, I, to me, it matters who's golfing um, and the availability to watch it is what's going to matter the most to me. Uh, and if it's someone I want to watch golf and it's at a pretty cool course and it's on TV, I'll probably watch it. Otherwise, I'm not going to go out searching for the live tournament. Um, just like I don't go out searching for the PGA tournament uh, either. Uh, okay, Dad, let's get to the NBA. Let's start with NBA playoffs and uh, some interesting stuff happened. Memphis blew out Golden State last night. And at a moment towards the end of the game, the fans were waving the towels and dancing and having fun. And Draymond Green, part of the losing team, decides to have some fun and dance and wave his towel as well. Um, do you care? Do, do you think Draymond Green was wrong? Do you think he should have been somber and angry? Or do you think his reaction was, hey, let them celebrate. We're going to beat them, finish it out in the next game. And uh, so I think it's good that they celebrate tonight. Uh, do you care at all about Draymond celebrating or dancing while they were getting absolutely torched against Memphis? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I again, I think... Um, you know, it was a kind of an, from what I understand, it was kind of an arrogant thing, you know, like, hey, go ahead and celebrate, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to wipe you out, you know, next time um, from there. But um, no, I, I don't think, you know, if, if I would have been a Memphis fan and been in the game, I don't believe that would have um, bothered me. Hey, Memphis won the game and Memphis has got to, they're still going to play the, play the final game and they're going to have a chance there too. Uh, if you're a Golden State fan, though, do you does it irk you at all? Um, I don't think it was wise from that <laughs> standpoint. But again, Draymond Green, I don't know if that shocks any Golden State fan. I think that if you question whether or not an NBA player cares that he's lost the game in a in a playoff setting, um, you're probably asking the wrong question. I don't think, I, and it, depending on who it is, I guess maybe it could be different. If it was somebody like in football, if it was Johnny Manziel, okay, maybe you go, oh my goodness. Draymond, though, has proven he's a competitive guy. Um, he's a winner, and uh, and he likes to goof off some too. And so at that point, the game was over. It didn't matter if he was crying or if he was laughing. It wasn't going to change the outcome of the game. And uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. I don't care whatsoever that he did it. I'm surprised it's as big a talking point as, as it has been uh, over the last day. Dad, your Celtics are on the brink of elimination, uh, down 3-2 after losing by three points. Um, I highly doubt you stayed up and watched the game last night, but um, did you see the highlights of the last couple possessions with Marcus Smart? No, but I heard about it. I heard about talk about it on the radio. And um, Boston's kind of giving away a couple games here. You know, they mm-hmm. could have been in much better shape. But I still think they're going to, you know, they'll be competitive. They may not They they may not win this series, but they probably had a good chance to win that one last night. And being at home, they should have. Yeah, being at home, they should have. And Drew Holiday took over the game at the end with a big block and then a big steal ultimately sealing the victory for Milwaukee. Dad, I said it before, I think Milwaukee goes to the Eastern Conference Final. I think they need to be the favorite to be in the in the NBA Finals. 
even though they are without Chris Middleton, they have that championship pedigree, man. They know how to do it. And Giannis is the best player in the league right now. And uh, so at the end of the day, if you're the greatest, you got to elevate your team. And Giannis did that uh, big game last uh, Wednesday night. And uh, they have a chance now to close it out at home in Milwaukee in game six. Uh, Boston, Dad, I love Tatum and Brown for Boston. I like Horford fine. I just don't think Boston has anybody else that you can count on. Smart's supposed to be that guy, but he's just as proven he's not that guy. And I think Milwaukee, their role players, they just play a better role than the Boston role players do. So I think I think Milwaukee wins uh, game six and closes it out there uh, against Boston. I think that the Warriors will win game six as well at home and close out against Memphis. Um, I think that series will be over on Friday evening. Um, and then uh, we're recording this on Thursday, so the games have, are not done yet. The Heat and 76ers are actually playing as we're recording. I think I think, I think everybody seals up the series tonight and tomorrow. I think the Heat win. I think the Suns win. And then I think Milwaukee and uh, Golden State win to close it out. But it's been it's been a pretty entertaining NBA playoff so far, I'd say. Yes, it has. It, it, it has been fun to watch, and I think uh, the next you know, couple rounds will still be. It looks like it should be competitive all the way to the end. Uh, last thing I want to hit on in the NBA, Dad, is uh, they've gotten two new trophies. The uh, I was going to say AFC and NFC. That's not correct. The West and the Eastern uh, Finals MVPs. And uh, Larry Bird gets the Eastern Conference trophy named after him. Magic Johnson, the arch nemesis, the rival, gets the Western Conference trophy named after him. Uh, fitting uh, that it's Bird and, and Magic here with the, the new trophy names? Yes, I, I think so. I think it makes a lot of sense of the NBA. Bird and Magic are really, you know, turned the NBA around and um, brought it back to where people were really interested in it. And I think um, really laid all the groundwork for the success it's been since then. I think, um, you know, my, to me, Michael Jordan is probably the greatest player um, that ever played. But Bird and Magic definitely are up there. And their rivalry, you know, the fact that they played in college and then they carried it over to the pros, uh, they were both all around great players. They could score. They could play defense. They could make their teams better. Um, they could both win clutch games on their own, and both of them did. They had a great rivalry against each other, yet they were always had, you know, they, they've always gotten along. They've never hated each other or anything like that. Both respected each other. And I think Michael Jordan respected both of them. Uh, from there too, and um, I, they did a lot for the NBA, and I, I just don't see how you can argue with um, you know the MVP of those series is being named after Bird or Magic. I mean, there were just so many years. I mean, I always remember you know Memorial Day. Um, you know, we worked at camp, and that was kind of the last day off before camp started. And I always remember you knew Memorial Day you were going to watch the Lakers and the Celtics play. That's just what it was going to be, <laughs> and it was for so many years, and it was always entertaining. Well, there you go. Bird and Magic continuing to have their names written down in the legacy of the NBA and uh, new trophies added. I think it's good they did it. I think it's always good to hand out more awards rather than less awards in many ways, as long as they're earned, and uh, these will be earned. As well, Dad, I meant to mention this earlier, but we have another sponsor that we're adding to the program, and that is Elementor. If you are looking to build a website, if you need a website, Elementor is the place for you. They have live drag-and-drop editors. They have all kinds of widgets. They've got uh, pixel-perfect design as well. They make it very simple and affordable. They host your website uh, as well as help you build your website. So uh, Elementor... It is a great way if you need to build a website. And the way that you can help the sports stove out is there's a special link, and it is for you in the YouTube and podcast notes. And you can click there on uh, on the Elementor link there for you, and it'll give you all the information that you need uh, there to build your perfect website. Of course, we're also partnered with In The Clutch, a licensed apparel company Lots of Major League Baseball, NBA, some NFL stuff as well for you on there. Uh, some really great stuff. So go to InTheClutch.com and use the code SPORTSSTOVE 
uh, for 10% off your purchase on InTheClutch.com. Again, that's code SPORTSSTOVE for 10% off your purchase. Dad, anything else you want to cover before we uh, hit the road tonight? Well, the one thing I was going to add, and it is in the NBA, so it kind of fits in what we were just talking about. This week, um, a real legend in the NBA passed away, a player by the name of Bob Lanier. And I know that was way, way before your time, but he was a great player um, back in the day. Played for St. Bonaventure in college, and they went to the Final Four and then played for the Pistons, I believe, for a long time and then ended up with the Bucks. And um, I remember, I think I still have it, there was a cover on Sports Illustrated with the top players, senior players that year in college. And Bob Lanier, I remember his picture being on there, St. Bonaventure. And actually, I believe Dan Issel from your neck of the woods there in Kentucky was on that cover also there. And um, Bob Lanier was a great player. But when I heard that he passed away, the first thing I always thought of of Bob Lanier was, you know, there was one thing you thought of with him. And um, so I read the article. I thought, well, let me see if this comes out in the article. And sure enough, it did. Bob Lanier had size 22 sneakers, and wow. he, he just had a huge foot, and um, his sneakers are actually in the Hall of Fame. You know, long before he passed away, they have them in there because they were very unique. As I was reading this article, it was interesting. Converse, who would have made the sneakers then, have disputed that and said that he wore an 18 and a half and that the 22 shoe was a Korean size. And uh, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> Converse would go after that. But when I thought of Bob Lanier, and when most people thought of Bob Lanier, you thought of the size 22 shoe. But he was a great player. He battled with all the big men and was very successful there. Well said. Well said. Yeah, he was definitely before my time. Uh, yeah. But uh, Dan Issel, now I've tried to get Dan Issel on the show, Dad. It has not worked yet, obviously. Uh, but Issel leads a movement to get an NBA team in Louisville. So uh, I've been trying to get him on to talk about that. Maybe someday we'll succeed. We will see on that. Uh, we are going to have no show on Monday. So we normally drop episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but due to other obligations, no show on this Monday. We will have a brand new sports stove local hour on Wednesday, and then another new episode coming out next Friday. Uh, so make sure you tune in for those. Of course, you can find, if you're listening to this on YouTube uh, or on Belly Up TV, you can find the podcast version wherever you get your podcast, the Sports Dope Podcast. And again, we do air the show on TV every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7 a.m., 2 p.m. on Belly Up TV. You can find that on the Fox D Network, on your Roku, uh, or Tiki Live on other streaming devices as well. You can always look it up on your web browser at bellyup.tv. And Dad... Exciting news as well for me. Uh, I've already been doing play-by-play for a uh, football league. We're adding a second football league that starts up this Tuesday, and then we're adding a basketball league. Um, Dad, I'm really excited about this. It's a Florida basketball league, but next year they're adding teams from Georgia, Kentucky, and Michigan to their league. So we're going to start broadcasting basketball games on Belly Up TV as well. And I'll be a part of those broadcasts, at least some of those broadcasts as well. So a lot of things happening up in the Belly Up media world. Make sure you check out bellyupsports.com and uh, get all the information there as well. All right, Dad. Good show. Thanks for joining. Uh, everybody else, thank you for listening today to the Sports Stove Podcast. We'll look forward to the next episode coming too. I need to look. I think this is episode 292 or 293. So our 192, 193. So we're coming up on episode 200. We'll have a special episode for that as well. But that's all I got for today. Dad, thanks again. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.